So welcome back to our 100 Steps to Drag, the podcast where I chat with your favorite drag artist and ask him where they started and where they want to go. Happy Pride Month. Hi, gay. Happy Pride Month. It is June and you better weaponize your queerness, honey. If you are listening at work, I want you to say the phrase, ugh, not during Pride Month. Not during Pride Month for everything. That's what I've been doing and it's been working. So please continue to do it. Honestly, all year long, but especially during you. And my guest today is coming to you live all the way from Austin, Texas. She is a showgirl, a producer, and a total beauty. Oh my God, her cheekbones are to die for, honey. In her own words, she is the black hole of Texas. Please help me welcome Natalie Hole. Hello. Oh my gosh, all the applause. Oh yes, yes, yes. Such a wonderful I love it. Thank you for having me today. Of course, you deserve all the applause, honey. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. Happy Pride Month, Natalie. You're representing this beautiful rainbow shirt. Yes, absolutely. Happy Pride Month. The shirt says, sounds gay. I'm in. It's kind of hard to see all of it. But yeah, like I'm walking around Austin, Texas with my pride openly showing. As you said earlier, everyone should, okay? It is Pride Month. And really, we shouldn't need a month to show our pride. But if you're going to do it, now It is the time. It is the time, baby. Do it now or never. Thank you so much for doing this with me, girl. I really appreciate it. And like, I know that we met at DragCon, like maybe like, what, a month ago? Yeah. So this is like super... <laughs> I know it was quick. I appreciate you. Of course, of course. Any opportunity I have a chance to share a little bit about myself and like hopefully inspire and empower people, like I'm down. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. And before we get into the inspiring part, I do have a question to break the ice a little bit. So Natalie, what do you think it's the sluttiest clothing item a man can wear? And let me tell you, because I thought about this question because currently it's 64 degrees in Long Beach. So it's like, Damn, it's cold as heck. And we we have a communal pool here at the apartments. And there was this pool boy today that was cleaning it in a tank top. And I'm like, wearing a tank top when it's 64 degrees outside, it's very slutty. I know it's because of his job, but I thought it was very slutty. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> Gosh, the sluttiest. Also, um, did you take video? Because if you did, for me the video of you watching that pool boy. Sounds really, really sensual. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it next time. I'll do it next time. I'll be like, girl, look at the trade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would say the sluttiest thing a guy can wear is probably a thong. You know that trend? And some gay boys still do this. It was from like the 2000s, but where you wear like the jeans and your thong would show above your jeans around your hip bones. That's the sluttiest thing that somebody could wear. Cause it's like something that's still like kind of modest about it. Cause it's just like jeans. But the fact that you know they're wearing a thong underneath those jeans and they want you to see it. That's, that's like the ultimate everything for me. I like that. Or like when they're wearing like a jock strap and like short shorts and you can see the straps on like the thighs yes oh my god yes oh yeah i <laughs> i need a moment <laughs> girl let's let's take, let's take a sip of water let's calm down <laughs> i wanted to break the ice i think we melted the ice baby <laughs> i know is wait are we the problem is global warming because of us are we melting the ice caps i think we are <laughs> i think we are i think we are honestly oh it's all the ways the game the drag queens. This is like silly sidebar. I find it interesting. Speaking of drag queens, we embody like this femininity and we're always like breastplates, wigs, what 
whatever. Why are a lot of us always tops? Have you noticed that? I've noticed that. Even one of my friends shared this status and she said, oh, if you haven't been topped by a drag queen, then you're not a real bottom. And I'm like, that is true. That is true. It is so true. It's so, it's so interesting. Meanwhile, me with no eyebrows and like, you know, acrylics, like. Yeah, like, uh, you're like, that's this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm a blouse. Are, a lot of us are, you know, and that's fine. And that is fine. I, I'm embarrassed, but I'm in, definitely in my top era right now. Yes, hey. work it out. Right, it's, it's a lot more fun. And it's Pride Month, so I was like, I guess I should do it. It's for the bottoms up there. <laughs> It's a lot more fun and you're doing your community a service, okay? Thank you, thank you. Oh my God, I love this. But now let's dive into your drag. I mean, honestly, I don't know a whole lot about like you because I wanna get to know you. How did you start it? Did you start it always in Austin? Tell me all about it. Yes, yes. So um, I am a baby of the Halloween drags. So of course I started, gosh, it was probably 2012, I think it was. It was right when Beyonce's first self-titled album came out. And you know, she had that look where it was the bow down bitches look with the like denim shorts and the plaid shirt. Anyway, so I went for Halloween as Beyonce in that look. It was awful. Like it was awful, awful, awful. No eyebrow glued down, barely any makeup. I was wearing like eight inch pleasers and I thought I was it. I was not. You know, over the years, I just like, just would do drag on Halloween. That was the only time I really felt comfortable and like safe enough to do drag. You know, I knew my drag was bad then. So I was like, okay, I can get away with bad drag during Halloween because everyone does, does bad drag at Halloween. So that was like 2012, 13, somewhere in there. And I actually grew up in Ohio. It was in Columbus, Ohio, where I was living at the time and was a student at Ohio State University. And then I kind of just like never felt comfortable enough or confident enough to really perform. So I was just like a bedroom queen. I would do makeup at home, you know, with my friends, whatever, but never really stepped out like that other than Halloween. During the pandemic, so what, 2019, 2020, somewhere in there. Well, late 2019, early 2020, I actually caught COVID. And I was like, well, shit, I have 10 days at home. I had a good job then. So the job was still paying me sick leave while I was out. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna buy myself a sewing machine. They shipped it to my house. I'm gonna buy myself some fabric and I'm gonna learn how to sew and also like practice my makeup a little bit more, so on and so forth, so that I can really like explore this drag thing. I was also delusional. I must add, I still am delusional, but I was all, I was very delusional then. Cause I was like, oh, you know what? What if I'm like Valentina and I like have my little like bedroom drag queen moment and I get on drag race after only doing drag in my bedroom for like three months. Valentina and Shangela moment. Cause that really happened to Shangela too. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, like it was laughable, but I was like, oh, I'm gonna learn how to sew. And I downloaded the RuPaul Drag Race application. I was like, I was like, oh, I'm gonna do my video while I'm in lockdown, yada, yada, yada. Never happened. I never did a video. I did learn how to sew though. And that did give me kind of like the first entryway into doing drag as an actual like art form for myself and performing and whatnot. So that was 2020 and now we're 2023 and I started doing drag two years ago. So I started doing drag like a year after the whole COVID thing. Actually, no, six months. Cause I started doing drag that summer here in Austin. So yeah, that was kind of like my springboard into, into drag. So thank you COVID for inspiring me to do drag. 
Thank you, COVID, for all the extra time on our hands because truly that's what it was. But it was funny that a lot of queens like really took off like during COVID and like explored it and everything. During COVID, I was not motivated to do drag. I was like, I'm taking a break. I'm just gonna like try to survive. I did like a couple of like virtual shows and I was like, no, this is not the tea. Did you ever do any of those? No, no, because I was still like experimenting and like trying to get everything right. So no, I I would have been too shy to do a virtual gig. I did consider it though. I was like, you know what? This might be the tea because you don't have to really like dance dance because like who has space in their house to really go all out? So it might be an easy way for me to get in front of people. But no, I, I didn't end up doing it. And you didn't miss out, honey. It was not, it was not it. Because at the club, you could hear the people, you like hear the applause and everything. You're like, okay, okay, I got this. Here, you hear, you know, at home, you hear your heels like on the on the floor and that's it. Like that TikTok sound is like, just like a bunch of squeals and then everything, that's it. And I'm like, no, this is not it. Yeah, you hear your heels as well as the audience watching at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I will and say the Instagram wins were so bad too. Oh yeah, I will say there were some people that I saw that did a really good job. Like there was Trinity K. Bonet in Atlanta. I remember watching her lives a lot and like her and some other cast members, like they legitimately had like a stage and like a curtain and they ran it like a real drag show. So there was some good quality drag show happening, shows happening out there. But um, there were also a lot of really, really crunchy ones so yeah you know yeah gosh oh my god what a time to do drag and be alive absolutely <laughs> i love your name natalie i mean your full name is natalie monet hall but there's obviously like a pun there like how did you come up with that listen i'm all about branding so i was like okay well first it was we were driving in the car i went out it was probably my second time out in drag in cincinnati at that time and we didn't have a name for her yet so all night people came up to me and was like oh my gosh you look great which i didn't <laughs> oh my gosh you look great what's your name and i didn't have anything to tell them i was like um i think i made up a name at that time, I don't remember. But anyways, we got in the car and I was like, I don't have a name, I need a name. So Natalie Coles, and this will be an everlasting love, came on the radio and I was like, oh, I love Natalie Cole. And, but Natalie Cole's like an actual name. So it can't be that. I was like, oh, what about Natalie Hole? Cause like <laughs> any hole's a goal, right? Obviously, kudos to Aquaria for coming up with that. But then I'm like, oh, bitch, every road leads to a hole. So I'm like, okay, branding, I can see like coffee mugs with like a hole in the center and it's like my merch. I can see it on t-shirts and I already have my uh, RuPaul's Drag Race entrance line. So, you know, I'm like branding. This is something that e is easy to brand. So then it just kind of stuck. And then my drag mom is Monica Monet Davenport. When I met her, she was just Monica Monet at that time. A part of the Davenport family, but she didn't have the name yet. So. That's why I have the Monet, but really Natalie Hole is how most people reference me. You're like, I love Natalie Hole, uh, Natalie Cole, and I love holes. So let's put them all together. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, they say that like your stripper name or your drag name should be your first pet and then the street you grew up on. My first pet was named Graham, and then my street was Stella. So Graham Stella doesn't really work for a female impersonator. Stella Graham could, but yeah, Natalie Hole's better. Yeah, Graham Stella's like, it doesn't have the flavor, you know? I'm like, what is going on now? I think if I would come up with that, 
it would be okay. My first pet's name was Pipsy. That's hilarious. <laughs> and then my street was it was in Mexico. It was Rio Presidio. So it was like Pipsy Presidio sounds kind of weird too. <laughs> I mean, that's a cut name though. Like that, that that's actually a cut name. I can see it. I do love Pipsy. Pipsy. If I ever have a, a drag daughter, another one, I'd be like, okay, your name is gonna be Pipsy. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. That's that's cute. See, yours worked out a lot better than my my stripper name. So Natalie Hall is is just who she is. It just feels right, you know. And like you said, all the roads lead to a hole, honey. All of them. Yes. If I see any of y'all take that and use that, I'm coming for you, bitch. It's trademark. Yes. Her people will hunt you down, bitch. Not even kidding. Not even kidding. My people will slap you with a cease and desist, honey, because I need to get my check. <laughs> Please. Oh gosh. So, I mean, you do live in Austin, Texas, which right now it's been super hot when it comes to the anti-drag laws. And there was a bill just presented a couple of weeks ago. How has that affected your work as far as drag? I know that the bill is pretty much like drag in public spaces. Has that affected any of your gigs at all? I've been really fortunate to not really face the direct impact of that because I, you know, was never a queen that did the story times or really did many public performances. I will say I've seen a lot of my friends lose gigs. There's one girl that lost $2,000 worth of bookings because of the the bill passing just a few weeks ago. You know, I guess I did have a brunch that we used to be all ages and we had to do 18 and up. You know, the most disappointing thing is when you see a kid that wants to come to the drag brunch with their parents and they're super excited. So that that's really sad to witness, but luckily most of my gigs are in nightclubs. So I think really what I'm kind of looking at is how this bill could potentially impact traveling to and from a gig. You know, in Austin, a lot of our dressing rooms aren't very big if we have dressing rooms at all. So it's like, am I expected to get out of drag like in the bathroom in front of patrons of the bar to walk to my car? Or if I'm walking into the venue from my car in face, like, is that a problem? Or if I have my breastplate on, is that a problem? Also, there's provisions in the bill that could cause the establishments that host drag shows and whatnot to get a separate license. That license would increase the dollar amount that they have to pay to the government. And for some businesses, they simply can't afford to get that license and have to pay that expense. Or, you know, they could pull some shit where they don't make those licenses available or they only make a few available. So I'm more concerned about the long-term effects and how that affects our gay clubs, not only like public spaces and public events, but really the bars that we call sacred and what we call home, like, are we gonna be able to still perform in those bars as well, even though it's for an 18 and up crowd? So it's really scary, definitely really scary. A lot of us have been vocal about what this does to our community and what it does to our small businesses. In, in the city, there's a lot of small businesses that cater to drag entertainment. So those places may cease to exist as well. So, you know, we've been, vo we've been vocal. We're hoping that as these bills really become signed into law, that the ACLU, the defense fund, all these places come together to, to get lawsuits together so that we can at least get injunctions, similar to what happened in Tennessee as well as Florida. But it's a scary time. It's a scary time. It is, girl. And I'm, I never thought about like the long-term repercussions of these bills, right? Because I mean, for the most part, I think of the short-term, right? Like pride celebrations that happen like public places and parks and stuff like that. Or, you know, like you just said, like coming to and from 
the gig like we also hear like you know, in a lot of places i believe like we are tend to like if not showing up in like full geesh at least in face or in something so that can also be dangerous right but you're absolutely correct right maybe they require a license or another thing of sort of like obstacles in the future and like what's going to happen to these venues a lot of them like you said cannot afford them so oh my gosh please speak up about these issues and continue to get informed because it is very scary hopefully it'll get overturned like it happened in tennessee because it's so vague i posted a tiktok about this when when the bill in texas passed and as i was reading through it through through the bill i was like this is super vague it just said like any accessories that could amplify like male or female characteristics i'm like makeup does that so anybody wearing makeup can fall into this like a push-up bra can do that like where did where is the line so it's it's so complicated and so ambiguous definitely something that is truly truly scary oh yeah oh 100 it's anytime i have a mic in my hand i i try to use that as a platform to speak up against what's happening because i think a lot of people truly don't know what's going on i mean i think we take for granted that our community knows a lot of us in the scene like drag queens our trans brothers and sisters you know like we know what's going on because it's they're legislating us but the other gays in our community may not know what's going on because it doesn't directly affect them our allies may not know what's going on either because it doesn't directly affect them so you know really it's a time for us just to activate use our platform to drive change and bitches register to vote it's easy it does not take a lot to register to vote it does not take a lot to vote especially at the state level elections like the turnout is not what it is for a federal election so you might be able to go vote in your neighborhood in five minutes be in and out and done but you did your part so register to vote because i know that the america that we live in most people don't have a problem with drag most people don't have a problem with our trans brothers and sisters in our neighborhoods and our community so we have to make sure that we speak up as the majority and and drive forward the change that we want to see no absolutely voting is so important and like a lot of people don't vote in like these, like like you said, the state level elections because they don't consider them like big enough. They only do for nationals. But like every vote counts truly, especially when these people at the local level are the ones passing these kind of laws and are the ones like reviewing the bills and etc. So bitch, register to vote. Even you live if you live in Texas, California, Wyoming, everywhere, register to vote and do your research on candidates. It's easy. I know it's tedious. I'm not like oh, I hate reading, but it's important. It's important. We have to do it. We cannot let this continue to happen. Absolutely. And you're spot on. You're spot on because a lot of the, these laws come from like misinformation and not a lot of people are aware of that. So if you had the chance to share something about drag to somebody that is not as familiar, what would you tell them? I would tell them first that drag is the physical manifestation of beauty, art, acceptance, love, like all of these things that we all would agree that are, are good principles to live your life by, that's what drag is. And it's all of that balled into one person on stage. You know, we're not here to be overtly sexual. We're not here to like groom people, as they say, we are here to spread a message of love and acceptance. And for a lot of our people that support us, they go through hell and back in their regular day-to-day -day lives. But the moment they walk into a queer establishment, the moment they see a queen on the stage that makes eyes with them or that collects a tip from them and say thank you and give them a hug, like 
they feel special. They're able to come in and forget everything that has happened to them that day or that year, or that month, whatever, and they feel seen. And I think that's something that you can't really even like quantify the impact that has on someone. I've had people come up to me and say like, you know, seeing myself on stage, like in other queens like myself have saved their lives because they're so inspired and they, they have a reason to move forward. I've had people say, hey, I wanna be like you when I grow up, like kids, because they see that I 100% love myself, all of my flaws, everything that I have, I still love myself and drag has empowered me to do that. So that's what drag is. And if anyone has a problem with that, the problem's a lot deeper than, than drag at that point. Then go to therapy because you have a problem with somebody else's happiness. Oh my God, I would cry right now because you, touch on so many great things. First of all, like that's one of the reasons I do drag because I like to share that like happiness and joy that brings me with other people and just like seeing them like have fun at the shows and everything and like come up to me afterwards or like have them have me come up to them and like talk to them for a little bit and like make them forget whatever bullshit they may have going on. Like that is the reason I, I show up to the gigs at night. So I'm like, Yes, it is like a, a form of like, a not only express ourselves artistically, but also to give back to our community and to uh, to keep the spark alive that represents like the LGBTQIA plus community. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's what drag is. And, you know, I, I have this fantasy of being able these like anti-drag legislators, like, is there a way that we can have dinner together? or like have like a big dinner party where we can just like get to know each other as people because I think once we understand each other as people who have dreams, aspirations, hopes, families, and we can relate on that really basic level, I think we can start to change hearts and, and minds about what drag is. So I, I think there does need to be more conversations had with the opposition as well that allows the opposition to get to know us as individuals and humans and maybe that will help us get past all of this as well i agree because a lot of the times they don't see us drag queens as like people and we are people just like them that have families that have economic issues sometimes that have personal issues that we have you know sometimes children sometimes like we all have parents and i feel like if we get it like you said on that same level with them then they can probably like humanize us and see like the bigger picture of all these things that they're causing i love that idea too i wish they were open to something like that <laughs> oh yeah yeah i mean you know i'm just little natalie hole in austin texas but i think like if you think about people like the folks that run world of wonder like there's all these different influential people that probably could get something like this together if they had the right team behind them. So I'm hoping that in my career, I'm able to get to a point to where I have some type of influence so that I can use that influence to really change things and really build bridges. Because that's, I mean, we have to do that. We're not gonna win this fight. We'll win it in the short term by just people like-minded like us coming together. But in the long term, to eradicate the hate, we have to build bridges and cross them and meet in the middle and talk to people who disagree with us because people are gonna always disagree with us. But if they can humanize us and understand that we're not here to harm them and they're not here to really harm us, then I think we can really change the world and hopefully our children won't have to go through what we've gone through, you know? Have you ever thought of running for office? Because honestly, you're hitting all the right spots, Henny. Oh my God. I went to school for political science. So 
<laughs> but but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be a politician. I would like to do, do like um, advocacy work and like more like nonprofit stuff probably. But I was like this speech, honey. I'm like, come on, come on. All on all the good points. I'm like, oh, I would vote for you if you ever decide to run as a politician. I would move <laughs> and vote for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. You know, they think that we steal elections from dead voters. So maybe you can figure out what dead voter information you can use to vote for me. JK, y'all. We don't, we don't condone that. It was a joke. <laughs> oh my goodness. I have to stop saying, oh my gosh. I was listening to my latest episode and I say that like 17 times. I'm going to turn it into a drinking game. <laughs> Every time I say, oh my gosh, just take a shot. <laughs> yeah, you should. Oh, wow. We would be drunk already if that were the case. We'd be very intoxicated. But now, shifting gears a little bit, let's talk about Natalie's review. That is your show. Can we talk a little bit about how that got started and, and you know, tell the people what it is? Yeah, yeah. So first and foremost, um, the review show is a themed show that we do once a month. So we already have themes planned out for the entire year, but we've done a Divas theme. We've done Black Excellence. We've done 80s, 90s. We've done country, Western. Our next one is actually gonna be a showgirls review. And that one is kind of like encompassing everything from Broadway to musical theater, to screen, to just divas that are known for being showgirls, like the Marilyn Monroe's and all that good stuff. So the show was created to kind of fill a need that I had. Like I, I love to go to a drag show and be surprised by what they're bringing to the stage. And a lot of the shows here in the city are just your traditional drag shows, right? You have like the top 20 hits, same songs that you hear everywhere, girls on the same kind of choreography, whatever, which is cute. You know, drag is drag and I love drag, but I think there's different levels and layers that you can add to drag. And I want it to really showcase that. I also wanted to build a show that had a cast that was inclusive um, and show different parts of our community. So on my cast, we have a male entertainer, we have a trans entertainer, we have a non-binary entertainer, and we have a burlesque entertainer. So all of our entertainers are a part of marginalized groups or drag entertainment that you don't normally see at mainstream venues and or people of color. I think everyone in my cast is actually a person of color. So yeah, I kind of just wanted to highlight really the queer excellence of our community as a whole, not just like the pop girls that wear the ponytails and like don't pad and you know, all that. Now I wish I couldn't pad. Listen, I'm not thick, thick, but no one wants to see me in drag without being padded. So power to the people that can do that and look beautiful. Like there's a lot of beauties out there that can do it. I'm not one of them. So I wanted to really like highlight the type of drag that I like and the type of drag that I present. I love it. I love that you wanted to showcase the community as a whole. No pun intended. Yes. Yes. See? Branding. Household name. Branding. Honey. <laughs> no, it's so fun. I was going through the flyers and I was like, oh, this looks like a lot of fun. I love a theme show. I love when I go and it's like, okay, I know, have an idea of what to expect and like to see how every artist like brings that theme through their drag, it's so, so much fun. But what do you think is the hardest part of putting like a show like that is themed together? It's hard for the entertainer. So I'm a girl that loves to do different genres and like see where I can push myself to. But I understand a lot of our entertainers in our community are working a lot. Some of them do drag full time, but most don't. They have a full time job on top of drag. So this is really an extracurricular to a lot of people and, you know, trying to have new costumes, new hair, 
a new number that maybe you've never done or a style of performing that you've never done before, like try to prepare all that, that can be really challenging. So I think it that's that's challenging just to get every girl and boy and other on the same page in terms of like, okay, you have to bring something different every month. I think it can be kind of interesting for audiences too. You know, they may walk in and not see what they necessarily expected to see. We've kind of mitigated that because everything we do, we have an extra level of production. So whether that's costumes or we, we utilize the power of light, you know, having like different lighting designs and whatnot, smoke machines, like just anything to kind of bring that extra element helps people kind of get into what we're doing a little bit better. But I would say those are like the initial challenges. Any challenge can be overcome, you know, so, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I love it. It's one of the, in my opinion, it's one of the best shows at my home bar. Of course I'm biased because it's my show, but. I mean, you have to be, if you don't get excited about your work, how is everybody else gonna get excited about it, you know? But it is a lot of fun to do a theme show. I've never like produced one, but I've been a part of many. And I do like when they give me like, a couple of weeks in advance to like fit the theme and the brief oh my gosh so technical <laughs> i've done like one that was like pageant themed so that like could be like anything from like toddlers and tiaras like miss universe and we have a girl here in la her name is siri and she runs a monthly show too and she does it wonderfully shout out to siri and she does a theme every every month too she's done like unprofessional a lot of fun stuff like she's done like with like a murder mystery Ooh. she's amazing she's amazing that sounds really cool. I'm gonna have to look her up. That sounds really cool. No, she's she's truly great. A beacon of our community. And I would say too, like a theme show works really well for a brunch as well as a monthly thing because it does give entertainers time to get everything together. If it were a weekly show, it would be a lot harder to do. We would have to get really creative with how we made that come to life. But yeah, it being monthly is like perfect. I think actually I was part of one that was like a weekly, there's another bar that runs like a Monday themed weekly show. So every week is like different. It's like Heather's and 90s and etc. So I I mean, props to, I've been down there once and I, it, the turnaround time was pretty short, but I had a lot of fun. I was like, okay, because I feel like I work better under pressure. So I was like, let me put this together. Let me see what I can make work for my closet, everything. But yeah, it is a little bit harder. Oh yeah. I mean, that's 52 different themes right there's 52 weeks in a month in a year yeah yeah so that's yeah. that's crazy props to them shout out to the offbeat <laughs> wow yeah those are like the real angels of the community <laughs> if you can figure out how to do 52 different themes you're on something every week honey every week oh my gosh also you <laughs> you see me with the, oh my gosh oh my i'm gonna slap myself every time i say oh my gosh <laughs> this is my clutch Just, it's fine it's fine no one's judging you here we know this is all about love and acceptance and we love and accept you just the way you are. Thank you. That's one of us. <laughs> but you were also at DragCon. That's where we met. Was that your first time coming over to DragCon? Yes, that was my first time ever at DragCon. I loved it. I, I loved it. I loved seeing everyone in drag and everyone like there's just so much amazing drag out there and you know i think on repulse drag race we don't always see how much different drag is out there when you're just looking at drag race so it's it's a nice reminder to be around all that creativity and see how people do different things and i've learned a lot just from walking around talking to people and seeing people like oh i like the way they did their makeup here i like the way they did that costume or 
you know, so it's really inspiring to see and it was inspiring to be there and just like feel that energy. I got to meet a lot of queens that I would look up to. So that was really cool. It was, it was a lot of fun. And I got to meet you. So that was great. Make connections. That's my favorite part about DragCon. Like making the connections with like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love meeting like queens that have been on TV. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've looked up to you. But like my favorite part is like seeing other queens and meeting other queens like yourself that come from other states and like just connecting with them and asking them questions and getting to know because drag is so different everywhere you go. Like in even within like the same state in different cities is gonna be so different from one another. So that's my favorite part. And also the shopping, come on. Like I, I always get my credit cards ready <laughs> for when, yeah. when DragCon is coming over. Oh my gosh, the shopping. I damn near went broke from being at DragCon. Like, it's crazy. But you know, even then you said connections, like I bought from a vendor that I connected with, I like his stuff and he's making me a gown right now. So it's like, you know, I would have never met him if it wasn't for being at DragCon and supporting his business. You know, it, it's great, I love it. I say you know a lot. So, you know, we can drink to, we can take a shot to you know as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. I can't wait to go back next year. No, truly, truly. And you were like wearing some like a beautiful wigs beautiful costumes how do you travel with those how, did you drive or did you fly no we flew how did you travel with your drag and on a plane i've never done that you know i have a really large suitcase so my drag stuff went into like well my drag stuff honestly i packed more drag than i did regular clothing pretty much one and a half suitcases of drag and then my wigs i just like put extra you know plastic bags you get from your grocery store i just like stuffed the inside of the cap with that and then just like gently bag them and like fold them in half. The great thing is that like, I guess when you go on flights, since it pressurizes, if it's like in a, a bag, it kind of like compresses everything. So yeah, they were, they were fine. The suitcases were very heavy. So I will say that they were very heavy. And I just can't imagine that was only three looks I brought and three, two or three wigs. And that took up one and a half suitcases. So I can't imagine the girls that go to drag race and they have to bring like, what 16 to 18 looks and hair and shoes and that's crazy props yeah and I, everything yeah, i just can't imagine so this was easy compared to what they have to do i'm sure oh i'm sure but like i heard, i read somewhere probably read it that they only give him like six like big containers to like get their drag you know have you seen in costco like this big black and yellow containers that are like hard plastic boxes yeah i read that they only give them like six of those that they can put their stuff in there i'm like that is not a lot of space for everything they have to take care of. i know someone who is working with someone on who's on who's working with someone <laughs> working with someone who's on season 16 and they were telling me that they were able to and they have like a costume that's like very elaborate and like very large and they said that they were able to bring they followed the FAA regulations for what you can bring on the plane. So I think they said that they're able to bring like 10 of those containers or something crazy. So I feel like as the show continues to like expect more, they're kind of upping how people get more to drag race, like allowing them to bring more containers and whatnot. Because if you want high quality drag, high quality TV, People have to bring, bring the stuff they need to do their best work. You know, they can't just bring a couple suitcases and think they're going to be able to make a good TV show. So, yeah, I think that's changed, which is good because this drag is heavy. It's expensive. 
and it's a lot of stuff. So you want to make sure you can get it there safely and everything works out. No, truly. And if I ever get on the show, I'm like, I'm glad I live like driving distance. Like, just pick me up, rent me a U-Haul or something <laughs> and I'll get there. Honestly, T, that's what I would do if I lived in California. I would drive a, a U-Haul to set. Like, here's all my shit. Yeah, put help it. me out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Natalie, it's this has been a great conversation. You've only been in drag for a couple of years. I've done so much. You're such a wonderful soul. I want to learn more about what is next for you. What are some of your short-term goals for maybe like the next 12 months? And what would be your ultimate goal in drag? Like where you want to go? Yeah, yeah. I will absolutely share some things I'm working on. So I'm working right now. I'm working consistently probably four times a week. Drag is my full-time job. So I'm looking to expand that to having five or six shows a week in the short term. I've been blessed to be able to make ends meet with what I'm doing, but I want a little bit more so I can really reinvest in my drag and explore other facets of Natalie. I'm also working on a single right now. So yeah, I'm working on some music. I do sing. So I'm working with a, a local producer um, and I'm hoping to be able to create an EP, which is expensive. So that's why I need to get my coins. But I, I want to work on an EP. I want to go to ACL. I want to do South by Southwest here in Austin. Uh, I want to really build upon my brand and get merch and whatnot. I want to travel to other states in the U.S. and perform and share my art with others. And I really want to just build my brand without having to have a platform like a show on television to get there. Now, of course, I will audition for Drag Race. I have not auditioned yet. I will audition and I hope to get on there, but I want to have a contingency plan just in case it doesn't work out, you know, I want to be able to do my own stuff and have my own lane that I can operate in. So this sounds amazing. What kind of genre is, is your single going to be? Think like R&B pop with like a 80s kind of like steampunk twist. Kind of like Cassie meets Elder Barge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like a, a mix of like Tina Turner, like when she was in her Mad Max era with like a little bit of what Shea Coulee does, that kind of thing. I do love Shea's music. I feel like in my opinion, like a drag queen music, it's for the most part very like kind of cut and cut and it's super fun. But she's one of the few girls that has done like a different kind of genre and it's worked so well for her. And I really, really enjoy her. I cannot oh, wait to hear yours. I can't wait either. Um, this month is crazy for me. So we have the music finalized. We're working on the songwriting next month because I told him like, I can't do anything this month because I have like too much going on. So next month we'll work on the writing and hopefully recording. I've been known to be a one take diva, so I can usually get my vocals pretty quick. So hopefully we can get it banged out, get final production, you know, done and mixing done and then get it out to the public. So I'm excited. I am so thrilled. Like stay on the lookout, y'all, because she is coming for the gigs, for the streaming services. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But as you should, as you should. Now let's enter my personal favorite section of the podcast, which is the drag tip of the week. Week. I'm not a vocalist like you. Yes. <laughs> hey, you know, we might be able to collab on something. We can get you like a little thing you can play. You see, if you have enough auto-tune, then we can make it work. But uh, I was in choir when I was in church, but that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. The voice has changed since then. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Natalie, if you could provide one piece of advice to new drag entertainers, what would that be? Okay, this one's going to go out to my girls of color because when I was coming up, and I think probably even now, like, it's hard to find girls of color doing, like, makeup tutorials and things like that online for drag queens. Okay, so I have, like, one tip, but there's, like, different levels to it. So it might be technically more than one tip. Let's get into it. I mean, I'm here for it. So divas, make sure that your nude illusion matches your skin tone. Now we've all gone down that path where it doesn't. Like if you go to AliExpress and you buy a little one of those little bodysuits, that is not made for a black diva or a person with melanated skin. So you will look crazy on stage if it's supposed to be a nude illusion and it's white and you're my skin tone. So make sure you check your nude illusions, make sure it's a good color match and also look under lighting because colors look different under lights than it does, you know, at home in your bedroom, whatever. So make sure your your nude illusion matches and also don't use white for your highlighting if you're if you're a mocha diva. You need to use orange and some browns and some earth tones to really get that contrast so where you don't look chalky you don't want to look chalky and ashy because listen some of us are already ashy my elbows are probably ashy right now and we don't want that to be on your face so you know just be mindful color matching is really important and you know you're you're a goddess and you want to put your best foot forward and make sure people see that you're a goddess i love all these layers of tips because i think now that, I, that you're mentioning it you're so right at the most or for the most part the tutorials and makeup tutorials that i see on tiktok or youtube or whatever are like white queens i think that i follow just like maybe one or two like accounts that are like people of color like doing makeup and it's not even like drag makeup it's just like regular glam or stuff so thank you so much for representing for our mocha divas i appreciate it of course know your skin tone if you get things made send the designer your new illusion mesh or your fabric that you want to use for your new illusion so that you know it's right I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I have a story. When I was getting my first breastplate, I was getting it from uh, Elias Closet. They're very well known. And they had an option to like color match you. So they're like, yeah, upload a couple of like pictures of yourself and like we'll match your skin tone. I was like, perfect. So I did that. And then when I get the breastplate, it's like yellow. I'm not even kidding. It's like yellow. Oh, no. And I was like, this is not going to work. But they gracefully took it back. They gracefully replaced it. I was like, let's just go with the suntan and see how that works yeah 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 i've worked i've i have a breastplate from them as well now the breastplate i use is from amazon actually and it was like only like 150 dollars, and it is spot on the color match is perfect i'm talking into the amazon breastplates because i've seen really good brands and i i mean the one i have again i love it it looks so realistic but i'm not even kidding you it's like eight pounds it's so heavy i'm like oh my gosh my back yeah the one i have that you put on like a shirt so i like it because i don't have to worry about it like the bib sliding down or like mine used to like pucker right here in the middle my bib so it's just i like i like the amazon one that i have better and it was way cheaper than my like professional whatever one that I have. Yeah, I might have to get the link from your girl. <laughs> I'll send it to you. Natalie, our time is up. This has been such a great conversation. You are such a sweetheart, so smart and beautiful. It's not fair. I always say it's not fair that people are smart and beautiful. I am just beautiful. <laughs> You you are smart too. We just need to broaden your vocabulary so that you say more than oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I need to say some speech lessons or something. I'm joking. I'm joking. 
Morgan. You've been great. Thank you so much. Where can people find you on the social medias? Yes, look up my Instagram. It's Natalie Hole Queen. Okay, I'm probably the only Natalie Hole Queen on Instagram. So I'm the one that's wearing a pink and orange outfit in my profile picture. And then you can go to my link tree and that has my Venmo. So if you want to tip a bitch because you fell in love with me during this segment, which I know some of y'all did. And listen, I might even send some feet pics if you send in a lot of money. So go ahead and tip me on Venmo. I have a YouTube channel. I need to update and put my TikTok on there as well. But yeah, like I'm I'm on the social. So Natalie Hole Queen on Instagram, go to my link tree. And you can see everything I have going on. And for the right amount, she will send some feet pics. And trust yeah. me, Natalie is a very handsome gentleman as well. I was stalking your Instagram. And I'm like, come on, facial hair, okay? Miss my facial hair. I wish I could have facial hair again. <laughs> Maybe like October. No, October is like Halloween. Maybe like November when the gigs slow down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I miss my facial hair. But yeah, I'll send feet pics. So yeah get into it <laughs> and if you enjoyed the podcast please don't forget to rate it five stars share it with a friend play it over and over drink a shot every time i say oh my gosh and trust me you're gonna get litty as a titty until next time bye, bye. thank you for listening to a hundred steps to drag if you like my podcast don't be shy share it with your friends leave me a review if you didn't like it you're probably homophobic this episode was edited by Chao Panda Productions. I'll see you next Tuesday.